Hello and welcome to another episode of Thinking Critically, a D&D discussion. A podcast where we take a single word or topic and discuss what it means within the D&D 5e and wider TTRPG framework. Each episode, I'm joined by a different guest to dissect a different topic. Today, I'm joined by Zach Applewhite. Thank you ever so much for joining us today, Zach. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yep, I am Zach Applewhite with Applewhite Games. I am a professional marketer um, on uh, specializing in localized SEO. In my free time, I also uh, have grown a small following through Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and in my younger days, I was able to amass a few million views on YouTube, uh, though that was not in the D&D space. And I'm here today to try and use my experience and my expertise to make it so that your audience is aware of that marketing is important that it is oftentimes a lot scarier than it needs to be and that they do not need to get an MBA to be effective at it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that sounds fantastic. Who, who'd have thought on a, on a D&D podcast you're getting some, some education? I'm very happy right now. So on that note, today's topic is marketing. So what does that mean to you? So marketing to me, and uh, it's a very broad topic, it really means anything which you use to try and persuade someone to take any action or even to think any any particular way you would want them to. So it is everything from, yes, the where things are on shelves, how much they're priced, what color they are, but it can also be um, as broad as just trying to get you to change your way of thinking. And so in the D&D space, what I see a lot is, is that it's a lot of small creators just trying to be heard, just trying to get noticed and then to turn that notice into the action of supporting them. And that, that's, that's where it relates to D&D for me. Okay, so you say about that, like promoting small creators and small artists. So I'm, I, I, theoretically, I guess I fall into that category. Absolutely. So let's start there then, a better good a place as any, uh, and I will get some free education for myself. And we will say, what is the, you know, what, what would you be, you know, if you were to say a top five tips and tricks for small creators such as myself out there, uh, which I know is kind of cross genre and cross platform, we're, we're kind of slightly outside the scope of TTRPGs here, but I know that TTRPGs and D&D have an awful lot of creators around them, you know, art, sound, DMs, you know, homebrew modules, writers, editors, all of that, you know, are in this TTRPG family. So to put you on the spot, apologies, uh, what would be, say, yeah, let's go with like your top five tips for kind of self-promotion for kind of generic content creators in quotes. Absolutely. So the first thing is I absolutely agree with you. What's wonderful is how much of the creator community has grown in D&D. It's never been a better time to be in D&D. There is so much unique content and products out there, physical and intangible and entertaining and, and across the board, and uh, mostly made by small people who are doing this on the side who just love the hobby and love the people in it mm-hmm. and want to serve it and, and maybe get a little bit of themselves for it. And the tip, the first thing is, is to not be intimidated by marketing um, to not think that you have to be a professional to be successful at it, that you have to hit all the platforms, make all the media, or spend gobs of money in order to get noticed. All right. The next thing is I want to say is I'm, I'm a huge advocate for doing as much as you can for free in your free time. 
I have built everything that I have built, and I have only just recently spent a total of $200 on Facebook ads for my latest Kickstarter project, of which I have done 15. Mm-hmm. And and I, I that's that's me finally getting able to a comfort level, finally being able to say, you know what, I'm going to put money into this just to help put more gas in a working engine. And that's the next tip is the engine is the freest thing you can do that you're probably already doing in your free time. You can just recalibrate it is content marketing. So for this, I think a great thing to do is uh, look at your content right now. You're making a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And you're also at least on Twitter. I know you're there. What other social platforms are you on? Uh, So uh, Instagram, although I'm going to sound much older than I am and say I don't really understand how Mm -hmm. that works. Uh, (laughs) uh, And also Facebook, which is obviously like two sides of the same coin. And that is actually pretty much it. Great. And that's that's the thing. So that the first thing that people, I think, misconstrue is that they think they need to go where the attention is, which is a natural way Mm -hmm. of thinking things. It's actually much better to start wherever you're already comfortable. Okay. So if you're already comfortable... On Facebook, and like you say, how you don't under understand Instagram. If there's any other platform you feel you understand better than Instagram, my professional opinion would be to focus on something you feel you understand better, mm-hmm. because it is way better to be continuously putting something out on something you understand, where you you feel like you have a voice, you've already interacted with it. You need to be a user of these platforms before you can be a producer, or else. It's, it's not going to feel right on your end, and it's not going to feel right on the consumer's end. All right. So the first thing I say is, and, and also play to your strengths. So for example, you might be very familiar with YouTube, but you're not comfortable on camera. You don't feel like you're a YouTube star. Uh, you're much more comfortable with writing, and you like blogs. Start with writing. And actually, I'm going to back up, and I'm going to talk to you about what I think is the simplest way to think of how content marketing can be maximized. And that is what I call the content chop shop. So if you've ever heard of how people can take a car and that the parts of it are worth more than the whole, yeah, that's how this works. So you start with the creme de la creme of content, a nice long video. Let's say that we were doing this podcast through video. You would then post that on YouTube and you would then take that 31 hour video. You would chop that up into a couple 15 minute bits, a couple five minute bits, and you have turned that one video into about 10 pieces of content. But you're also going to go down the chop shop. You're going to take the audio from that and you got to get a podcast like this one. Now, the next thing you can do is to take that audio and you can transcribe it so that it is a script. You're going to go through a software that will take your audio and put out text. No matter how good the software is, there's free software out there, there's expensive software out there, you're still going to have to read through it Mm -hmm. to make sure that uh, things didn't get misinterpreted by the software. While you're doing that, you're actually formatting out a blog. So if you turned one video into a podcast and a blog, and while you're going through that blog, you can also take the best quotes, the best things that add value to your audience, and you can take that into a tweet. You can put that as quote with the picture of the person you interviewed and say, Zach Applewhite said this. And now you've also added person, added value to the person you just interviewed while you just created a whole bunch of content that you can post on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, or any other platform. Mm-hmm. So from one video, you've created enough content to last you a couple of weeks. And that all sounds very intimidating because you feel like you need to start with the video. I highly recommend, I didn't start with video. All right, for my D&D stuff. I started with tweeting. 
and I tweeted once a day while I was on the toilet in between work breaks. <laughs> All right? Yeah. From that, I went down. That's You can start at the bottom of the chop shop, work your way up. Wherever you are, like you're in audio. It would be a lot harder for you to worry about video, make sure everyone's video quality is good and set up video recording. A lot of people aren't comfortable yeah. on camera. It's a lot easier for you to go down the chop shop than up. You can take your audio and transcribe it into a blog post and you can take some of that blog post and make that into pieces of content for your other platforms that you're already on. Mm -hmm. And so I started at the very bottom. I made one piece of content once a day, took me five minutes. Then I said, you know, I keep hearing about TikTok. I just read my tweets on TikTok because I'd been tweeting every day. I now, at two years after starting the Twitter, I have over 300 videos. Then, because I set my videos to download automatically upon posting them, I have a big library of videos, which I have now been posting on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And now I'm slowly growing my YouTube. I only just had a video that hit 16,000, but I've been doing this for so long that I am not intimidated if I get zero views because I know I'm going to post something every day. And the way that content marketing works is that as long as you are consistent, yep. you're going to eventually succeed. You have to be consistent and persistent. You will eventually capture the audience and your, your content will get better because you're being practiced at it. Yeah. I have to say a couple of points there I wanted, I wanted to touch on. So one thing I heard when I started this out was exactly that the consistency mm -hmm. is key, is king. So, you know, from day one, I set myself, okay, every Friday, which is foolish because I now have a buttload of work to do every week. But uh, <laughs> and, and, and anyway, uh, in, in terms of editing, um, but I said, you know, every Friday I'm, I'm going to put one out and that's that's going to be the schedule down low and you've got to stick to it. And I have, and I it's hard to obviously draw a positive correlation with certainty, but I'm fairly certain that it's thanks to that consistency i'm i'm where i am today with a, with a, you know a, a, a modest amount well more than i ever thought i'd ever get to be to be frank so i can speak from experience and say yeah it can be very difficult with kind of this you know self-imposed responsibility in a way to say you know i have my homework to do and i better do it otherwise that's bad so yep yeah, i i completely agree and uh, you know hopefully i'm a Bit of a case study, he says <laughs> modestly. And then the other thing is that that intimidation, like you said, they like you're not frightened of mm -hmm. getting one view. And I am not there yet. And I'm, you know, I'm going to try and speak for, you know, others out there who who might be in a similar position. And I got to say, yeah, those first, those first few weeks mm -hmm. are, are rough, man. Like just, you know, mentally, you know, you have all the kind of imposter syndrome, all the kind of self doubt all the kind of oh god have i just wasted four hours of my time you know producing this episode and recording it and it's i hate i hate platitudes <laughs> and i hate <laughs> contrived like cliches but hey you know i'm doing it now in each episode is getting as i said like 50 or so mm -hmm. listens listeners in in the first week uh which i'm super chuffed about and that is attributed largely to that yes. consistency uh, and having that kind of well-tuned, he says, engine, you know, th there's a core concept for this show that has I've been unwavering in since day one, uh, much to some difficulty uh, in some instances. Uh, but that's that's how, you know, I find myself talking to individuals such as yourself and, and being in the fortunate enough position to do so. So 
Uh, I guess what I'm saying is I completely agree, but I, I just wanted to kind of put my heart out there and say, yeah, that, that you know, getting those in the early days, oh, I've, I've got three listeners, but you know, one, mm-hmm. one was me. <laughs> so that, you know, that, that doesn't count. Uh, uh, you know, and just trying to fight through that is, is, is tough. And in, in those first few weeks, I was checking my distribution platform, you know, maybe like mm-hmm. two, three times a day to be like, have I had any more listeners? Have I had any more refresh, refresh, which was obviously, you know, in hindsight, doing more harm than good because it's, I'm focusing on yes. the numbers. Like, I mean, they mean everything, obviously, but it's in terms of why I'm doing it. That isn't why I'm not doing it to watch some numbers go up. Otherwise, I just right. watch a clock and have the same thing. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm thankful to say that now I do not clock watch <laughs> as much. I'm doing it for me more, I suppose, rather than some kind of self set up purpose. You know, I, I must do this to get more listeners. It's more a case of no, mm-hmm. it's cool now. The wheels are moving, the engines go in, everybody's happy, and I'm I'm happy at the end of the day, which is the most important thing. <laughs> and that's it's going to be difficult, but it should ultimately bring you happiness. So it's really good that you've gotten there. And I'll also add that. You know, it can be intimidating, just what I've said, where it sounds like I'm doing something for multiple platforms every day. If what, it's really about what you can do consistently. And I'm actually a a purveyor that consistency is even better than quality. Because just like how you talked about how you're fine-tuning your engine as you've gone along, quality actually will come naturally. Yeah. Consistency is the hardest part. And if that means that you can only tweet every other day at once a week, all right, that's the biggest part because just like what you're talking about, as you get better, as you figure out, you'll find that you have more time because you're better at it, you're quicker at it, and you can then fill whatever little void of time you have with the next step. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and the other thing I'll say real quick is that it is a muscle, and if you are clock watching, which is natural, I do that when I launch Kickstarter still, and I'm refreshing every hour, every hour if I'm <laughs> if I'm controlling myself every hour. All right. It would be like working out every day and and stepping on the scale every day and expecting the number uh, the opposite mm-hmm. for it to go down. Yes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's a muscle. It's going to take time. I know it's hard to build a tough skin. I was lucky enough to build it when I was a teenager, you know. Uh, but failure is the only way to get good at marketing, especially content marketing. And a little note of happiness, the great thing, I've I still Today, I'll have a video that only gets 16 views, and the next one could get 16,000. All right. The great thing about content that flops is that only 16 people saw it. (laughs) You know, if you fail spectacularly, no one's there to see it. Yep. That's the wonderful thing about it. And then when you succeed, everyone thinks you did it overnight. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, hopefully that takes a little bit off the off the edge. There is that no one sees your failures. That it, it's intrinsically part of the model. Yeah, I I never thought of it like that. But then when you when you when you say it plainly, like it, it's true. Yeah, I, you, you, I mean, so, I mean, we're only like fifteen minutes in, and you've inspired me to to go out there and do stuff. So I, you know, I'm you're providing value already, which is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> That's the point. I'm very glad to hear. It. Um. Yeah, yeah, that is that is refreshing to hear and obviously a bit eye-opening. And I definitely have thought about going down other avenues. But the, the extra thing I wanted to say is that like editing my first, say, three episodes was very time-consuming. 
it, it got to the point where uh-huh. I was like, wow, I've bitten off way more. I know this is quite niche to, you know, podcasting at this point, but that's my area of expertise. So here we are. You know, it got to the point where I was like, oh God, like I've really bitten off more than I can chew here in terms of my free time is just vaporized. But now it is not quite a fine art. It's more of a, you know, an acquired taste art, but it's still art nonetheless of, of you know, I've cut that time in half just from mm-hmm. the muscle, essentially, the muscle memory that, the, you know, as you said, like I've just trained it, I've honed it, it's more familiar, I'm more comfortable and just go through the motions of getting it up, getting the tweet scheduled for the time the episode drops. And it's just a bit more of a slick machine that happens, you know, the episode gets pushed out 1pm my local time. And then the tweet goes up at 2pm, both scheduled ahead of time. And I must admit, the first time I had that set up done ahead of time, and I was just like, oh, my phone's blowing up, got a couple of Twitter notifications. Like, oh, yeah, that might, it's because my tweet went out and I didn't have to do anything about it. And it's all just kind of happened. And it was a nice feeling to be like, hey, I'm, I'm feeling halfway professional now. <laughs> right. And that's, again, that's because you let the, the, the three hours, you could define that as failure. It's all learning failure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like if you're trying to do a new sport, you're going to be the worst person at that sport. Yeah. You know, until you've 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 learned the game and you've gotten consistency and you've practiced. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's I mean to to be relatable and say like I have a radio television that was my original major that I went through college. Okay? I switched to marketing when I realized that what I wanted was to help people and mm-hmm. that marketing would allow me to do it. But I have that background. I tried podcasting about D&D. It did not fit my time schedule because I also had three jobs. I had kid on the way. I had full-time college. I couldn't do it. And that can be it's, it can be really discouraging, like yeah. you say, if you bite off more than you can chew. Luckily, I did have the foresight to say, uh, even if I cut this time in half, I don't have time for this. Mm. And I took a step back and I, I went I went down that chop shop. I said, maybe I can blog. Nope, I'm a terrible writer. That is not my wheelhouse <laughs> right now. Okay. I can tweet. I can and, and uh, I can learn how to use Twitter. I can just start by getting on it, retweeting what I like, figuring things out. And then eventually, mm. once you've used the platform, once you've become a, a user of the platform first, then you can be a creator. And then it the wheels start churning and then you can start building the machine back up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I started with Twitter because A, I'd used it in the past for personal reasons years and years ago. So I at least had a grounding understanding and perhaps I am sounding like a boomer, but it seems like, (laughs) you know, the simplest to comprehend, right? It's it's short text messages, done. It's like three, three letters and I've kind of described the platform. Which I know, I know I've oversimplified it and you could oversimplify Instagram with, with the same brush. But still, when I, when I downloaded and, you know, opened up Instagram, I was very uh, frustrated with the UI, you know, with how to use it. How to, what the heck is this? How do I get sound on? How do I, what, I don't even know what half of these buttons mean. At least mm-hmm. Twitter, at least Twitter has the good grace to actually tell you the tweet button is, has the letters tweet on it. <laughs> which is uh, more than half of what Instagram does. So uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm now just covering my back to make me sound like not a, a curmudgeon old man. Uh, I, I assure everybody I'm, I'm not. I'm young and hip, obviously. Um. <laughs> well, and, and another thing that you can do is that billion-dollar companies, and, and this is just to give you comfort, billion-dollar companies are not rocking it on every single platform. Billion-dollar companies 
somehow are able to spend millions of dollars paying professionals to do great Facebook, Twitter stuff, and they'll you they'll leave LinkedIn or YouTube or Instagram by the wayside. Yeah, you know, and they're not suffering for it in the sense that they're they're still they're playing to their strengths. Mm-hmm. And as long as you are growing an audience and or getting better and more comfortable in your voice, in your platform that, you, that that has worked for you. Yeah. All right. You're doing what you need to do. And eventually that audience can be leveraged to turn into dollars, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, assuming that's your goal. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's also the thing I forgot to say about marketing. Marketing is usually trying to get your money, you know? <laughs> in, yeah, in the academic definition, yeah. Right, right, right. We're, we're all trying our, our best, at least. Uh, I, I know I am, I feel you are, to give as much value in exchange. Yeah. You know, to make sure that, that people feel I got this much out of whatever they gave you. Yeah. You know? Uh, if they give you anything, wonderful, wonderfully, a lot of podcasts don't need to take any money because the audience is the product, and mm-hmm. you can have you can have people give you money just to have access to the wonderful audience you've built. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing that I'm really hot on. Is I, I'm a, I, I value my own personal time very highly, mm-hmm. and that mentality extends to obviously people around me and my listeners. So for me to ask an hour of of somebody's time is huge so i i probably don't say enough you know how much i'm, I'm thankful for my listeners because it means so much to me if someone randomly off the street said hey listen to this thing for an hour that you may or may not like i'd be like do one i don't my, my time is my time so i know we're not asking listeners or you know people to pay for the content but i am and you know you're indirectly asking them to pay with their time which t- to me in, in some ways is a bigger deal you know when they could be listening to literally anything else (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah yeah you know uh it's really good advice and i think i know that i know this pain because i've been there myself but and i i really want to extol zach's advice here about sticking to your your comfort zones because you're just inherently going to be more effective right because you're you're more comfortable. Yes. And you're more likely to be consistent. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, I'm no, from Texas originally. <laughs> and we that's just part of conversation there. Um, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, the, the comfort thing also helps you be consistent because what I've seen too many times is the overextension mm. of someone. And, and and I think a lot of us can feel this. Any, any of us who have tried, I have people in my family who have tried. They'll even see success in the early days. Like TikTok is famous for this, where within your first 10 videos, you'll have one that for you goes super viral. That might be 5,000. That might be 50,000 views. Okay. Yeah. And then you you feel like you've made it. And the next two videos have like four views between them. <laughs> all right. The good news is that's all part of it. And you need to continue to be consistent. Mm-hmm. What too many people do is that they get discouraged and they drop it. That that will come back. That's a funny thing, unfortunately, that I know as a professional. is a part of the algorithm giving you a little treat to try and keep you involved. Ah. And sometimes it backfires if you're trying to be a creator. Yeah. It can backfire because you feel like somehow you failed yourself. Yeah. You know? And like I said, the consistency, by being on somewhere you're comfortable, if you hopped on TikTok and that happened to you, you actually might not go back. But if you were already on TikTok you might be more comfortable and you might continue to go back. And I have seen so many people, they try for two weeks, two months. It's just not working. 
and they they unfortunately don't have the experience that I have where where they know that that's part of it too. Yeah, that the not working is unfortunately part of it. It's just like if you anything else in life, if you're trying to become a writer, you're going to be a really bad writer until <laughs> you're not. Shakespeare, I'm sure, wrote garbage yeah. before he was Shakespeare, and so did and and everyone was crawling before they could walk. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the way I put it is a little indelicate. It's get all the suck out. <laughs> you got it. You got You you suck a certain amount. You got to get it all out. Once it's out, it's out. For the most part, every now and then it'll it'll flash back. But for the most part, once you get all the suck out, it's out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you can you can keep going, and then you can find another platform. You can suck at that for a little bit, but because you've done it, like now it's me on YouTube. I had uh, fourteen views, twenty four views, sixty four views, four thousand views, twelve views, seven <laughs> views. Okay, and then back up to sixteen thousand views. I'm just getting all the suck out, mm-hmm. you know. And eventually, <laughs> it's got the machine's gonna start running smooth, and it's gonna stop stalling, like it's worked for me on other platforms. I have that experience. I want everyone to know that that that's part of it. It's just gonna suck sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's just getting the muck out. Yeah. One one thing I've read and, and thought about before is that obviously some someone asked this question on Reddit actually, and they were they were asking like, should I, you know, I'm I'm X episodes into my podcast, and obviously the first few suck, both in you know mm-hmm. content and quality, like editing wise, they're just bad. And obviously I've, I've practiced and now a lot better at it should i go back and re-upload you know re-edit remaster push them out again and most people like you don't a you don't really need to because you know they're kind of out there and and done and also it's a nice kind of reminder of where you've come from and it shows the listeners that you've had that progression so it's a similar thing to what you're getting with like getting the suck out it's like it's like you know that's a a rites of passage almost to to Mm -hmm. have that out there and, and you know kind of a medal of honor in a way to be like yeah you know look here's 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 where i was and now look at me here (laughs) Yep, it's battle scars. We all got to go through the level one drove of chicken chasing. <laughs> okay, everyone starts at level one. All right, except for me, I actually prefer to start at level five <laughs> when playing. Um, but we all start at level one, yeah. and to the to the point of that particular instance, I would say, as you said, don't delete the content. I have awful content. All right, that that I I kept up unless it was offensive. Yes. All right. I've had a couple of accidental things. We can talk about that if you want, uh, because there's a way to handle that. But bad content, I believe, keep it on there. But I think it's great if you want to repurpose your bad content and say, hey, watch me turn my old garbage into something better. Mm. You know, uh, there's definitely an argument to be made for. And a lot of what I talk about on the um, content chop shop is repurposing your old content. I mm. repurpose tweets to be videos. You know, you can repurpose your blog into taking the text. You take that text, you make it into a quote, and you make it look like how you would see a Benjamin Franklin quote. You overlay it with yeah. a picture, and now it looks fancy. It feels fancy, you know, mm-hmm. and it seems like it adds more value. It seems more significant. It's the same content with different wrapping. Yeah. You know, which is another wonderful thing. Let's let's mix it up a little bit now. Okay. Uh, I think th- there's probably a few too many g- golden <laughs> nuggets of advice. Let, let's you know let's 
let's have the, the, the down on the roller coaster before we, we take things back up again. All right. One thing is, uh, to, to bring it back specifically to D&D, and actually podcasts in a way, mine is obviously um, this format, and there are a lot of actual play podcasts out there, mm-hmm. and streams and YouTubes, but there are a lot of podcasts out there, let's say. So I was just wondering if you had any advice for differentiating you know getting a usp how to stand out in a potentially saturated market and that's that's a very good word for it is that it can feel very saturated Mm -hmm. i would say that it's it's best in these instances to look at history so in youtube youtube became the new garage band you know, where everyone had a band in a garage and was wanting yeah. to be a rock star. It became the new YouTube star. And even some people made it and then fell out. And a lot of people tried it and then fell out. I'll go back to the to one of those golden nuggets of consistency. Yep. Make sure that you are at least at a core level enjoying what you're doing. You mm-hmm. know, because that's all gonna that's all gonna come out in the content. And of course, if you if you don't enjoy it, at least on some level. You're not going to be consistent. Mm-hmm. And, and I will throw in like a few tips and tricks here. So there are a lot of easy ways to gain an audience here. So my favorite uh, one that I, I stumbled upon is that actually Facebook groups are extremely easy to grow. Okay. They're insanely easy to grow. I started one a year ago. It's almost it's at 6,000 members, mm-hmm. quality members. And I get to dictate who my members are to a certain extent so that you, you – Facebook can be so toxic. You've seen the Facebook groups maybe where you post anything and certain people will take it to way left field yep. to the point where it's offensive. And then everyone's arguing and it never really goes anywhere because sure. arguing with on the – People on the internet just doesn't go very far. <laughs> the great thing about a group is that I, I make it very clear in mine. This is my living room. You treat people with respect and I'll give respect back. Yep. You don't call anyone names, whatever side of any aisle you're on. And the response has been amazing. Hmm. Just just being a lifeguard in the situation and saying, this is not okay. And I have, I've only had to boot like five people. Mm-hmm. Who were just there to cause problems. Yeah. And the gr- the great thing about joining a group is that it, it's just them saying that, th- that they want permission to post in your group and that they want access to whatever content is in your group, which again, for me, was just memes. And, and here's <laughs> a fun little tidbit. If you have a really good tweet, okay, or even a bad tweet, if you have a tweet and you it's doing well on Twitter, let's say. So you copy and paste the text and you post it on Facebook. It's probably actually not going to go anywhere. Yeah. But I have had a tweet that only had two likes. I screenshot the tweet, which you can do on your phone or your desktop. And if you don't know how to do, look up a quick YouTube. It's very easy. Yeah. Post the screenshot and you will get so much more interaction because there is an implicit bias in your mind when you see a tweet on Facebook on that cross-platform posting that the tweet must be important somehow mm. because it made it all the way over from Twitter. And we don't know most of the people we see in tweets on Facebook, so we assume that there must be someone important if they're on f- if they're on my Facebook, right? Yeah. No, I just screenshotted my own tweet. <laughs> I posted it into I posted it into a group. 
I then shared it from one group to another group because that's a great thing about the share feature there is that I'm already a member of a whole bunch of D&D Facebook groups. I can share it on there. And now suddenly some silly joke I made has 200, 2,000 likes. Mm. And it only had two likes on the original platform. Okay. And because of the, the content originated from my group, when you share, it shows where it was shared from. So people want to, some people want to join my group. Mm. It's actually been a very easy and fun. It's one of the easiest bits of marketing I've had to do. <laughs> it was easier than Twitter. It's like, a, so I did varying levels of marketing in my postgraduate degrees at university. So in business management and stuff. So I, my knowledge of marketing is very B2B and B2C, very academic and also probably out, outdated to be frank by about a decade and actually, to be fair, the time I was learning it, it was probably slightly outdated as well. So it's probably more like two mm-hmm. decades. Um, so when we're when you're talking about the stuff you're talking about now, like the, the it's almost like social engineering rather than what I would consider like classical marketing of like here's the cash cow demographic and <laughs> you know mm-hmm. you know here's the price point and stuff like that. It, it's as you said, like taking a screenshot of something triggers a different mental response that is inherently more engaging just from its very nature has blown my mind despite being no you know no disrespect relatively simple you know you've you've taken a screenshot and you reposted it oh okay but Mm -hmm. here's the kicker and that is it's like bonkers to me it's just so it's social engineering rather than i can't go down my local library and pick up a book on marketing you know it's just like two different things but in reality they are now today in today's age of content marketing the same thing Yes, a psychology plays an amazing part. And that's the, that's a little trick that probably only came about because I, I do read a ton of books and I'm a professional. And so I was able to put A and B together. And like you say, even though it's very simple, and sometimes it's just it's just passing your perception check. Hey, I see a lot of tweets on Facebook. Maybe I should put a tweet on Facebook. Hey, look, it worked the fifth time I did it. We're going to try this some more because I'm not afraid of failing. Exactly. Precisely. Excellent callback, by the way. <laughs> and, um, I think the thing that is making me kind of have this self-awareness epiphany that I'm having right now is I, I know it because I've done it myself. I've on tweets like a, a dry line of text is is precisely that. But seeing a picture, you're like, oh, I'll click right. to I'll click to enlarge that picture, and then boom, mm. I've engaged. Yep. And, and very rarely I'll say, I, I probably don't get any people who go from Facebook and say, oh, look, I like this tweet. I'm going to go onto my Twitter and follow them. That probably happens n- almost none at all, but that's not the point, really. Mm-hmm. The point was to grow my Facebook. Yeah. And it's really hard to get people to follow you on multiple platforms. That's why eventually you want to be on multiple platforms and you want to be comfortable where you are and yeah. not overextend yourself. Like I said, I only just got into YouTube. I, like you... I don't feel like Instagram's the best place for me right now. Yeah. You know? And so I'm just going to keep on slowly finding little... It's, it's, it's a conquering thing. Slowly getting little bits of land. Yeah. And uh, feel free to just steal that trick. It's, <laughs> I mean, that, that's sure already happened, man. I'm, I'm, I may as well be <laughs> screenshotting my tweets as we're speaking. Like. Right. So can I... And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pull out the business degree here. Okay. So here's the next step there. All right. This is for you and all the listeners who whoever might create something and want to get paid for it. The unfortunate thing about a Facebook group is that Facebook does not allow you to advertise to your group. And this is another this is another fun thing to think about when you're 
posting things on Twitter and stuff. Let's say you have 500 members in your Facebook group. Yeah. You post something. It gets one like. And so many people think that that means that 500 people saw it and 499 of them said that was garbage. Yes. It's not even worth a quick like. Wonderfully, if you are in a pro Twitter account, you can click on your little view analytics. You'll see that out of the 500 people, 20 people saw it. Yes. Facebook and all the other, um, the thing that you have to remember is that their business is everyone on their platform is their audience, just like everyone listening to your podcast is your audience. And if you wanted a, pl- a business to have access to your audience, you would require them to pay you money to have access to that audience. Facebook does the same thing. Even if you have garnered audience on their platform, that's still their audience. Yes. And they're going to make you pay if you want to reach all of them. Yeah. Okay. So wonderfully, it's still free. So I don't complain. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll take as much free audience attention as I can get. If you ever want to make sure you're hitting those people, you actually need to set up a Facebook page, which was the next step I've taken, which is now I'm posting half of my Facebook content onto my page, sharing into my group to get the same crossover effect that I got when I was using my group. And Facebook pages allow you to say, here's an ad. Make sure you hit everyone in my Facebook page because... It's still Facebook's audience, and annoyingly as as it is, you don't actually have access to your audience 100% when you post, because there's a ton of content out there. Yeah, that's also and that's 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 a good and bad. Good news is if your stuff is if you feel like your stuff is flopping, actually most people didn't see it. Yeah. Good news. Bad news. Most people don't see your stuff (laughs) if (laughs) if you're not paying them for it, which is an excellent reason. To build an email list, and I'm only a recent converter on email lists. Okay, you might have okay. to do some work converting me because I'm okay. in the same way that I value time. I also value mm-hmm. like email spam and giving away my yes. email and being on yes. you know getting bombarded with garbage. So, and my website provider provides options for you know having and maintaining a mailing list and you know options for visitors to drop in their thing and be like, hey, I want to see what Danilo is talking about and I've been uh, I, I haven't set it up a because I'm not quite there with non-podcast content yet but also like man you've to me I've really got to be providing some decent content there otherwise I'm asking for people's emails <laughs> which to me is right. a big ask so you're gonna you're gonna have to uh, take me through that journey as well I'm afraid Yep. So here's the first thing is uh, to remember exactly what I told you is that I was really frustrated when I realized that I'd spent all this effort, all this time and me making uh, relatively decent content to get this audience. And I don't actually get to talk to all of them. They signed, they joined my group. They followed me on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, you would think that I've had now the social capital to say they wanted to hear from me. So when I talk, shouldn't they hear from me? When I call, what shouldn't they pick up? Yeah. But realizing really it's, and I knew this, but it never sunk in, sinking in that actually, if I want to reach my audience, I have to pay. I hate spending money. Oh, how I hate it. (laughs) And so the reason I finally converted on the email list is that Gmail doesn't charge you to send your email to your email list. If you have 100 people on your email list, everyone's going to get that list. And instead of an algorithm, instead of a platform deciding whether or not they see it, they see it, they decide whether or not they open it. And they're making the decision for you, for themselves. You're not fighting an algorithm. Now you're making sure that you're serving your 
actual people. You're not pandering to Facebook so that Facebook will show your stuff and you're not having to give them money. You're trying your best to actually reach the people who said they wanted to hear from you. Yeah. And that's finally getting that through my brain Mm -hmm. is what caused me to whenever I finish a Kickstarter now, I haven't, hey, you guys have had your materials for a couple of months. We We want to make them better. Please tell us what you think of them. Rate certain things high and low because I want to know your thoughts. By the way, at the end, if you want to be a part of our email list so that you know when the next campaign is coming, feel free to add your email here. Mm -hmm. I'm not super pushy about it. And I only email them when there's something to talk about. I don't have any, I don't have a newsletter because I don't have time for newsletter and I'm only going to do what I have time to do. But I can craft one or two good emails right before or during a campaign, mm-hmm. right? So how I would do that for you, all right, is I actually, I, I looked into your website and everything, and you, if you, what you're, you're on your podcast is really valuable. Let's say someone was listening to this, and they really wish they could go back to the beginning and find the certain part where that really good tidbit was, mm-hmm. all right? They would have to mess around with the audio toggle and probably spend 20 minutes trying to find it. Yeah. But if you said at the end of every show, Hey everybody, thank you for listening. This is Danilo. If you want the transcript or the show notes, if you want to connect with Zach Applewhite, if you want to have everything, all the value from this compacted, you can sign up for my newsletter and I will always send you the show notes so that you can get the most value, especially if you don't have the time to listen, because I know it's a lot to ask for an hour of Mm -hmm. your time every day. You can still get the value if you go ahead and sign up for the email list. Mm -hmm. And now, instead of having to go to your website every time to find the links of your guests, it will be directly emailed to them. And you have another way of prompting them to listen to it. If, it, if what they, they see in the show notes is really interesting to them and you've added value to your guest as well, because now their name is in your audience's emails, yeah, which is extra value added. And, and like I've said before, it's not quite as hard, but it is an extra step. Yeah. So only do it if, if you're ready for it. I, I'm not telling you to do this tomorrow, maybe next season or the one after that. There's a million things you can always do to improve and it's about finding out what you have the bandwidth for. Yeah, it's like you said like earlier on, like don't take on too much. Uh, right, otherwise- do not overstretch. The worst thing you could do is overstretch and then make everything you worked hard to build topple, you know? Yeah. But that option is out there, and I do recommend to people, once they feel comfortable in their platform, I wouldn't do it from the very start. Hey, everybody, you've never met me. Let me into your email. <laughs> yeah. All right? I don't recommend doing that. But once you have an audience... It is okay to every now and then get over the discomfort and say, hey, next time I'm launching a book or I have a really fancy art piece or if you want to see a progress art piece or if you want to be notified when we're launching something or get a behind-the-scenes picture of our actual play podcast because you don't get to see us a lot, we'll, we'll be in your email box if you want. The other thing that I'll say is, is the degree talking is that open rates are actually pretty high. We all complain about how spam-filled our email is, but we're actually really smart consumers. Mm -hmm. And we know what we want to listen to or what we we want to look at. So I've gotten personally better at unsubscribing from email lists. That is genuinely what I want. I actually do not want to be a bother to somebody. So if they unsubscribe from me, that only tells me that that they're not interested. And I feel better because now I'm not wasting their time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
But in actuality, the, the, the statistics behind it is actually Americans, at least, I, I don't know about across the pond there. Mm-hmm. In America, we're actually pretty good about opening our emails, looking at our emails and seeing what's there and opening things we did sign up yeah. for and, de- and deleting things we didn't sign up for. You know, we're yeah. actually pretty good about that. Across the board, women are better at it. Okay. All right. Fun fun little fact. Other fact is it's a lot more expensive to reach women. It's more expensive. Right. Yes. Okay. So not like with email, but if you want to Facebook advertise, yeah. um, it might cost you, uh, let's say cost per click, you're paying like 20 cents per click to reach men between the ages of uh, 25 and 52. Mm-hmm. It's actually going to cost you 40 to 80 per- cents per click to advertise to women Whoa. in that exact same age range. Okay. It's actually going to cost you more. The reason is, and here's the degree talking, women are so much more valuable to sell to because they oftentimes aren't only buying for themselves. Uh-huh. They're buying for their children. They're buying for their friends. My wife, she buys for me. She buys for her dad. She buys for, for our kids. Yeah. I When I buy something, I only buy for me and I hate it. <laughs> My wife buys me more clothes than I buy for myself, you know? Mm. So women are highly targetable because they're actually doing, generally speaking, this this is just the statistics, all right? It's not the same for everybody. No, yeah. But generally speaking, they're more likely to give gifts. They're, they're more thoughtful shoppers. Yeah, they're doing, they're like a buyer and a half. You know, they're like two, right. two, two people almost right. worth of buying, which is why I guess they command almost twice the cost per click yes they're much more expensive <laughs> and because there's so much more demand to reach that female consumer who might buy your product twice one for me and one for a friend all right men in general just aren't as thoughtful we might tell you about it. hey buddy i just bought this great uh thing you might like it but in general women are more likely to do that so that's just a fun little tidbit from the profession yeah no that is interesting i i have a facebook page uh, and ironically, they spam me with "You should advertise." Yes. If, you, if you clicked here, you could yes, you could advertise do. this. And I'm like, oh, you're kind of making me not want to because I'm already I annoyed hate that by they it. Started doing that. Yes, <laughs> it's like, well, I'm already annoyed too. Uh, <laughs> you're already putting me off. I don't want to do that to my the, the the few people that like my page. So uh, yeah, uh, that, that's that's my experience with Facebook. Is you know, click here. This this is what your thing could look like, and it's like, well. You don't know what I, you know, you're a machine. You don't know what I posted and that would be a garbage advert. So, <laughs> yes, no, uh, they, yes, they, they try to get me to boost posts. It's like boost this meme. Yeah. Why? <laughs> what, what am I, what, what are people going to buy if I boost a meme? You know, yeah. I'm not even selling anything right now. I only <laughs> sell on Kickstarter. I don't sell after Kickstarter. After it's done, it's done later on. It'll be compiled. Yeah. All right. But I'm not even selling anything right now. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> that's slightly switching gears. Another little fun fact, just to add value to anyone who's because um, you can also once you get out of free, once you're a little comfortable and, and some of us have are, are lucky enough to have good jobs and say, hey, I could spend a couple hundred dollars on ads. Yeah. My experience, because it's the only experience I can really speak from here in this particular instance is here's how ad dollars work is that. It's actually okay if you only break even. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is this is another one of those counterintuitive things. I like to tell people about it because it's like, oh, I wouldn't have thought women would be so much more expensive to advertise to. Mm-hmm. But here's why. And so here's here's what it is, is that it, I spent $181 and something cents on the last Kickstarter campaign. 
finally trying out my hand at Facebook advertising, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I was able to get it down to 18 cents per click okay. on average. All right. What my father-in-law and my wife, who aren't marketers, uh, really hated was that we actually only got $200 worth of pledges. Mm-hmm. All right. That doesn't sound like I did a very good job, does it? <laughs> okay. I made $19 profit. Yeah. All right. But here's the fun fact is that if you're good at what you do, if you're genuinely putting out a good product, if you can sell to someone one time, you can sell to that person a second time. That's where you get what's an industry term is lifetime customer value. What we're really good at is that people come back to buy the next thing we launch. Mm -hmm. So if I got, say, 20 people from Facebook ads, I got $200. I didn't actually get $200. I've gotten uh, $400 Mm -hmm. because the next campaign, 80% of them are going to come back because we impressed them. We gave them value. We delivered. Yes. And that's just a little thing to let people know that even if they take a small loss on their Facebook ads, if you gained any customer, that's huge. Yeah. I, I don't know, however, it, the minute someone finally says that you, you're worth money, it's an amazing feeling. Yeah. It's an amazing feeling. And we need to not forget what that means to somebody. All right. To say that what you've created is the fact that people are listening to you for an hour, please understand how much that means. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I feel like you do, but some of us are very easy to forget, you know, Mm -hmm. and if someone's listened to you for an hour, their propensity to listen to you for another hour is actually very high. Yeah. So even if you take a small loss or only have a small win over time, it just adds up. Yes. Cumulative. You know. It snowballs, all right? It's The word I was looking for is exponential. Yes. It builds on itself naturally. Yeah. Uh, blimey. So there's a lot for it. It's, it's, been, it's been a full-on episode, and we're not at the end yet, uh, but, which is great. Like, this is, you know, the, the beautiful thing is, is we are providing value by helping others provide value. I, I, I'm you, taking you credit for this. how simple it all is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you should. All right. You want to bring value to your to your listeners and so do you, because here's here's why it's good for me. I just love D&D and I love I love it all growing. Mm-hmm. All right. And so the more people who have awesome dice for me to buy yep. or us or awesome content for me to consume, the better. Mm. All right. And and I genuinely I'm just so I get so mad or sad when I see genuinely good content never go anywhere. Because of a misunderstanding or a fear, if it ever even gets to market, because some people will tell themselves no before they've even pushed the the launch button. Yeah. All right. Before they've even posted that podcast, they'll listen to it and say, this is awful, you know, and they won't, they won't post it because they're afraid of the failure that no one's going to see if they fail or for whatever reason. I'm so sad by anyone who doesn't give themselves a good chance. And so I hope that if anyone takes, takes away from something from, the value that we bring here and, and onward, it's that it's all so simple, isn't it? Mm. It's all so simple. Yeah. And most of it, you you have the time probably for a tweet, you mm. know. And so, I, and I hope that that's encouraging to people. Yeah, well, it's, it's certainly it's certainly encouraging to me for sure. Um, <laughs> but now, you know, I said before, like I really do value the time of my listeners. That is um, because it is it isn't 
an insignificant ask. Um, I, I did have one question no. that we've been talking about in the um, in the actual play podcast I'm a part of. So predominantly that's a podcast, and again, predominantly as we were talking about earlier on, it's very much the DM has said, I want it to be our game first, and then it, we're also making it as a podcast. So it's fun first for us, and then if other people like the ride, then that's great. You know, looping that back into it, you've got to find it enjoyable for yourself first before otherwise you know the content might suffer so we've put you know we've recorded a couple when we were doing them remotely they were recorded via twitch so they they did get put up onto youtube and Mm -hmm. there is a bit of a discrepancy between you know the the views on youtube are much lower than the listens on 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 the podcasts that's that's part one of the question i'm building to and i i saw another post on reddit you know r slash podcasting i think it was and the question was should I spend the time and the effort and, and potentially the monetary cost of transcribing and getting videos of my podcast episodes, maybe get some visualization spinning around on the screen? You know, there's no real video value there. It's just, just a vehicle for your the audio podcast. You know, maybe you have the transcript up, maybe you have subtitles, I don't know. You know, and and, and one of the replies was maybe not because then you're splitting your, your audience and you've kind of got then two separate audiences that are going to do different streams whereas really you want to smush them all together into one place you know you're, you're, you might lose listeners essentially because now you've got viewers on on youtube so your listen account is maybe not as impressive so i wanted to get your thoughts on that is some of that faulted that thought process or is that correct or is it just all back into the simplicity of do what you feel comfortable with at a pace that you feel comfortable with yeah that's a really great question And I completely disagree with the person (laughs) on splitting the audience. Here's why. And I'll use uh, one of the most famous uh, people. I think it was uh, Smosh or the the video gaming guy, who I believe is from Sweden. Okay. Fun fact, he's huge on YouTube. Mm -hmm. He's the literally biggest YouTuber. Mm -hmm. And there are people on Facebook who have never heard of him. (laughs) Yeah. He actually started doing stuff with Facebook because genuinely the biggest guy on youtube people on facebook didn't know him okay so that's the first thing to say is that it honestly you could be the biggest guy on somewhere and there are still people on other platforms significantly millions of people who have never heard of you because they're never going to go on youtube there are people on twitter who you you alienate by not being a part of other platforms that's okay because you need, you need to start with what you're comfortable with, okay? But the people who are on YouTube are not necessarily, like, personal experience. The people who are on TikTok. Yes. So I'm posting my TikToks on YouTube as YouTube Shorts, which is their ripoff mm-hmm. of TikTok. Yep. Because those people on YouTube probably never would have found me on TikTok. I'll also say that if someone's willing, spending an hour on podcasts, I listen to podcasts while I'm doing chores, while I'm at doing busy work at work, and that doesn't really require a lot of cognitive uh, function, all right, or or on my drive, though none of those am I able to actually watch a video, mm-hmm. all right? So practically speaking, if I'm a podcast listener, I don't want to listen, I don't want to read your blog, honestly. Yes. People are going to consume the content in the best medium for them. Where that's, I'm trying to think of a, of a good industry that would be a good example of this. Let's look at movies. If you launched a movie from the movie theater, all right, versus direct streaming, 
no one who is uh, who is going to go do both. Uh, almost, almost never. Uh, likely, no, no, and very small people are going to try and do both. I personally was never going to pay a movie theater price for certain things. Yeah. Okay. But if I can get it for a small discount and I get to watch it at home and I don't get the movie theater experience, I'm okay with that. But if I got to pay extra for certain movies, I'll pay extra to go see them in theaters. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't want to. I don't want to have that diminished experience. Um, hearing my kids yell in the background while I'm trying to watch a really good movie. Yes. All right. People who are on Twitter do not necessarily want to interact with you on Facebook. People who are on TikTok do not want to necessarily interact with you on YouTube. And with podcasting, people who are listening to a podcast probably prefer to consume you by listening to a podcast. Mm. And the whole, you know, the reason that the, the views are smaller on YouTube isn't that you're splitting your audience. You're gaining a whole new audience and you're starting over from the bottom. Hmm. Crossover is going to be really low. Yeah. Because people chose to to choose you through the medium that was most convenient to them when they first got introduced to you. Hmm. So does does that make sense? It does. It does. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's just very interesting and it's taken me time to process that. <laughs> Specifically the bit where you said like, your viewers, in, in in the example I obviously gave, uh, your viewers are lower because you're starting from scratch again. And uh, yes. again, it, it's that me- it's that mental thing of like, well, why aren't my views the same as my listens? Like, you, you just feel like you have that groundswell already, but of course, it's it's not. You have to train yourself to think differently. Yes, can I can I can go over the, with you for real num- with real numbers from my own experience? Okay, mm-hmm. past few vid- views on TikTok, I'm getting a few hundred every now and then, a few thousand, right? Yeah. I start posting my oldest TikToks onto my YouTube because the fun thing is I get to take my new YouTube audience through the same journey. I don't start them on the new good stuff, on the new better stuff, because I know I'm growing the audience and, and I won't put my best stuff where no one's going to see it. Yes. I'm starting with my bad stuff again. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm starting from the bottom of my library. 17 views, 8 views, 9 views, 7 views, 14 views, 10. 11. It, it takes about 20 videos for me to finally get to 800. Okay. And the video before that was at 11. Then it's 407. Hmm. Uh, then it's 48. Then it's 1,000, 800, 600, 21. I'm, go- I'm growing a new audience. Yeah. I especially, I haven't told anyone on TikTok that I'm on YouTube. Okay? This is the genuine new audience. Mm-hmm. All right? And and hopefully that that's encouraging to people that and, and, and eventually I will tell them like, hey, you can follow me on, on YouTube. I actually try and get them to follow me on Twitter because I feel like I, I have a better voice there and I can tweet. You can tweet literally every eight seconds and you're fine. <laughs> yeah. You actually can't bother people on Twitter. Yeah. It's so fast paced moving that you're fine. So I really want to push people to my Twitter where I can contact them. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, to, to, to surmise it. You're not splitting your audience. I know it can feel that way, but there's going to be very few people who said, oh, thank God, they're on YouTube. I so much would prefer to look, listen to them on YouTube. There's going to be those people. They're much smaller than you think you are. You're not splitting. They're a fraction. Mm-hmm. A, a smaller fraction, yeah. I have to say. Yeah. 50% is, is a fraction. <laughs> yeah, of course. I know math. <laughs> one last part that I didn't think about until now. You do want to consolidate your audience all in one place eventually, but you're using the other platforms to point there. So the best example is a website where you might sell merch or otherwise have a place for them to give you money. But as I talked about, you take the audiences from the other platforms and you say, hey, by the way, check out our website where you can give us money. And I think that's a better answer to the whole question.
Okay, cool. Well, thank you for, for that. Um, is there anything we've missed that you wanted to talk about that we might not have covered yet? No, but I will go over real quick the, the bullet points that I think that we've kind of uncovered through this. Yeah, please. Uh, a, it's more about consistency than quality. So get the suck out and do it consistently. And the more consistently you do it, the more regularly you do it, the more uh, the faster you're going to reach that, that goal that are content, that better stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, that's number one is consistency. Number two, just don't be afraid of failure. Don't let it keep you from posting. No one sees the failure on social media. And let, and let that let that take a little bit off your shoulders, you know? Mm. And you can do it. Nothing that we've said here is actually all that hard. If you're not capable of doing a podcast like I wasn't, see, it, can you post on your favorite social media platform once a day, once yeah. every other day? Yeah. Do what you can do consistently built from there mm-hmm. and then then yes yeah, so just some more for those that maybe don't know i i know you and i talked before we started recording about when i started this podcast i am not i haven't done anything like this before i hadn't done anything like this but i literally started from I, how do i record audio <laughs> like <laughs> let me download some software that allows me to do that that that's it so i just wanted to again provide some kind of anecdotal evidences to you like you can do it because i i know because i did in a way from from starting from nothing and then here i am again as i'm repeating myself but you know in a fortunate enough position to talk to interesting people such as yourself and then then relay that information to more people so that's it is it is possible and it makes me very happy to be in this (laughs) this situation today i'm really glad to hear it and i hope people got good value on it there's a million other things you can talk about in marketing but for the most people this is this is I think the cornerstone. Uh, absolutely. I'm, I mean I'm looking at my notes and the, I've got you know the notes and my episode timer side by side and I'm like oh man <laughs> we're going to need another episode cuz uh, <laughs> there's so much stuff. <laughs> All right. I didn't talk about SEO, didn't talk about branding, e-commerce. Yep. There's uh, ha, ha, it's once you get your audience we can have another one where we actually talk about hey you have an audience now how do you get the money out of them? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, and there's also a few kind of like um more D&D specific things like Mm -hmm. here's here's a question that I'm going to leave for everybody to ruminate on not just yourself Zach one one question I thought of just before starting was thanks to Google defines uh, marketing as one way of figuring out what people want so my question open we're at the end now so I'm not going to get you to answer it now this this will be the opener to marketing v 2.0 in a couple of weeks um, is how do you how do you do that how do you find out what people want when the hobby that we love is inherently flexible and open form so uh that's some homework for everybody <laughs> that's a great question i want so badly to answer <laughs> wait hold it hold it back <laughs> uh, i'm holding it uh otherwise uh thank you uh, thank you so much for, for joining us today zach this has been super informative uh, you know super unique um i'm yeah i'm just super chuffed to, to have had you on it's been great to be on Honest. Lovely. Thank you. Uh, do, do you have any anything you want to plug? Anything you want to promote? Maybe. Oh, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> There's a surprise. <laughs> um, so like I said, I'm Zach Elpoy of Appleway Games. We are launching our fourth major installment um, into our Aragarth series, which is a D&D 5e compatible world where it, it's a wonderful blend between high fantasy and the midst of an industrial revolution. I I identify it as pre-steampunk, but it can be steampunk awesome. if you want to. And July 15th through August 5th, we are running 
uh, guilds of Aragarth, where you will get updated source material, 10 unique guilds, over th 30 new techno-magical items, a level 1 through 5 customizable campaign that takes you from apprentice to guildsman in the guilds, plus a children's adventure, because we always have one of those, and a short story. It's only $10. Wow. All e-reward. Wow. Amazing. So we'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all the links uh, to, to that, as well as all of Zach's different platforms that he's mentioned today will be in the episode description as usual. I would encourage you to check him out on the platform that you find most comfortable, uh, as, I've, as I've learned after today's discussion. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, uh, thank you again, Zach, for joining us. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. And I, I hope you got some value out of it as well as absolutely listeners. absolutely uh thank you all again at home for listening likewise i will be the conduit for zach's thoughts of i hope you know everybody at home got a little bit of value out of today's episode catch me on all my socials links in the usual places i would love to hear from you and your thoughts otherwise thank you all for listening and good night <laughs>